So I want to say, first of all, that church leaders, <coughs> we're all church leaders. I want to say that right off the bat. That there are people who are called directly to, to lay down ministries almost and come and serve church. I don't know if you know, but church doesn't just happen. It takes a lot of work. <laughs> people have to volunteer. Stuff has to be done. So there are people who are called to lead in churches. But there are an equal amount of people, if not more, who you're calling is to the marketplace. And what we don't want to do is we don't want to drag marketplace leaders into church leadership because we do a disservice to the marketplace. But whether we like it or not, church needs to happen. And it needs to happen in such a way that it can grow and develop. You look around today and we've, we're fairly full out at this place. Last night we were fairly full out as well. Um, so we've got some challenges ahead for us. So God began to speak to us about two years ago about investing in the church. It sounds really strange, doesn't it? But we're, we were so kingdom-minded that we almost, the church got neglected and the beer got neglected on behalf of the kingdom, really. And uh, a couple of years ago, we began to pray into this. And just over a year ago, we took on our very one and only Pastor Paul. Yeah, and uh, he's been with us just over a year. And uh, that was part of our ongoing um, investment into the bay and taking seriously what prophets and others have spoken over the years to us. And what we're going to talk about today is a continuation of those changes that reflect what we believe God has seen to us here at the bay. Um, we have taken some independent advice from a good friend of mine, Alex here. Alex, stand up and wave at people so they know who you are. Yeah, let's, let's encourage him a bit. Come on. All right, sit down. Thanks, Alex. One of Alex's jobs in the, in the marketplace is he helps companies transition change. And one of the things sometimes you can get as a, as a leadership team is you can become very insular. And it's always good to get people from outside looking in and asking awkward questions. And Alex did that for us, and we were so grateful that he was able to come along on one of our weird days and, and some other times and just spend some time asking the awkward questions from an outsider, I suppose, looking in. So um, most of us know that today, where's Aaron? Aaron, stand up and give a bow. Aaron starts work today right here at the beer. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, uh, Aaron is starting as uh, the, uh, he's, he's going to oversee the kids' work and develop a youth work as well. So I've said to him, we don't want youth here. T send them somewhere else. It's, uh, um, so Aaron starts today. So that's a really exciting start for us uh, in the new year. And looking forward to what he's going to bring and add to the team here at the beer. Um, he will have a consecration service which will take place in. February sometime, but we're, we're looking to do that a bit later on, partly because he's been on holiday <laughs> for six months, for six months or so, yeah. Um, so the beer leadership, and uh, here we go, see if I can get this right. Um, one of the other things that will change in April this year 
is I will actually become employed by the Bay Church. Now, some of you are thinking, he's already employed by the Bay Church. Uh, I'm not, actually, and I never have been. Uh, the Bay Church has supported me financially, but part of what we're doing in terms of restructuring is um, the Bay Church want to employ me. Um, so in April, um, that is something, hopefully, that will happen once I've seen the job description. <laughs> and not before. Um, so we will remain. Listen, this is important. We will remain kingdom-focused and presence-centered. Seek first the kingdom. We will remain kingdom-focused and presence-centered. Whenever we come into this place, we seek to invite His presence. And that overflows. That's not going to change. That's in the core of the DNA of who we are as a beer church. It is important to get structure right. And I'm, most of you who know me know I resist structure in any form. But I do believe that if we continue to grow as we're growing, numerically, spiritually, the anointing, then we need a structure for the Holy Spirit to flow through. And that's the important bit. The structure doesn't determine the church. The church determines the structure. So we, but we need something for the Holy Spirit to flow through so we don't lose things. <laughs> um, God showed me a picture when I was on holiday. It was a picture of a... Uh, it was kind of like a, a, a uh, like a valley type thing that comes down from the mountain. Uh, I think it was somewhere in Spain and went down it to the sea. And what they'd done, they built concrete. It looked awful, but they'd built concrete walls at each side of it. So when it did rain, the pathway for the river was determined by the structure. And, I'll, and I just felt God was saying to me, Alan, stop resisting the structure. It's so that the pathway of the river can be determined and can be more effective. So structure will and is becoming more obvious within the beer church. And I think that that's a really good thing. Um, we're taking a much wider approach to leadership. So anyone, whether you're a trustee or on the core leadership, or in wider leadership, anyone in those groups we would consider to be in leadership at the beer. A lot of church operates from a top-down model. We're going to operate from a much flatter model. But there will be function people who will function in certain places. So, But we're going to take a much wider approach to leadership. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons for that is this, that we need to go on this journey together. All of us, whether you're in one of those groups or not, we need to go on the journey together. We cannot have a person at the top who suddenly decides to hand down a vision and expect everyone else to follow. Maybe that worked in the past, but it's not going to work in the present. We're on a journey together. We are a community, a family together. And the, the reason for this flatter approach to leadership is so that we can all take this journey together. So this is where some of the changes personnel-wise have taken place. Um, uh, we've lost three from this core group. I'm saying lost. They're still with us, which is Richard, Marcus, and Peter. And 
I don't know about you, but for the last 11 years, they've served in that core leadership team. This time last night, they got a spontaneous applause. <laughs> wow. All right, that's enough. Let's not flatter them too much. These, these guys have been brothers to me. Uh, they've been family to me. We've shared life together over the last 11 years. So not just for them change, but for me change, because that relationship has changed. Um, in function, it's changed, but the relationship remains. You see, because good relationships are not built on function. They're built on love and mutual connection. So, <laughs> so the relationships remain. And, and by the way, they're not leaving. They're staying. And again, that's a really new and exciting thing for me because I don't know of any churches where we can model having dads in the churches that used to be in core leaderships. But we've got them, and we're going to make use of them. But they're not going to function in the core leadership, but they'll remain leaders as dads in the church. And uh, what a privilege that will be for us to have these guys as dads. So we have some new people in here. One of them is Aaron. You've already stood up, so stay down. You're all right. And Nick, Nick Barnsley, where are you? Can you just stand up just so we can people can see you and wave at you? Come on. <coughs> and our Finnish friend from over the seas, Laura Lindsay, stand up. Let's give her a welcome. <coughs> So this has changed a lot in personnel, and in, in, in the function really is a function that lays down ministry to serve you guys. Um, no one has asked the other leaders to leave, but during this process, they have seen, and we'll hear in a, in a minute, I'm not going to speak all day, we'll hear in a minute from Peter regarding that. So what's my job? What's the job of the core leadership team? Well, my job is to oversee the whole kitchen caboodle. The job of the leadership team really is a, is a spiritual job where we oversee spiritually what we believe God is saying and doing, and we bring that to the body. And how do we do that? We build that through relationships. We will be meeting um, with the wider leadership team and the trustees. Um, we'll be meeting with them on a regular basis. Um, Oh, that shouldn't have been there. We'll go back. So we're going to ask Peter to come and share. And he's going to just say a little bit about his perspective on the changes. Uh, yeah, I, I actually asked if I could uh, share a few words because I wanted to assure you that uh, people like myself and Marcus and Richard had been part of the process. It wasn't as though they kind of got rid of us behind our backs, <laughs> you know. Um, we've been, we've, we've prayed through it, we've been through uh, the process, and we have actually stepped out of uh, the core leadership freely and willingly. Um, I also wanted to kind of um, highlight the fact that for some people, change can be quite threatening. Uh, some people won't bat an eyelid with the change on there, with the names, and they'll think, so what? Other people will be thinking, 
what's the implications of that, you know? How is that going to affect this? Does that mean this won't happen and all that type of stuff? Um, change, can be th change can be threatening to some people, you know, they get a little bit fearful. Uh, and yet, as I was sharing with the folks last night, in many ways, of all people, we as Christians should embrace change. It's what it's all about. I mean, our whole life should be one of change, you know, from glory to glory. Um, it's, uh, we're, not, we're not defined by our functions, you know. Our it's our identity that's important, you see, uh, and that hasn't changed. I mean, Richard's and mine, Marcus's identity hasn't changed just because we've stepped out of a function. But um, I do think there is a challenge here for us as a church. Uh, we have these, uh, you know, sometimes we can't quite believe it. We have these people who come from outside who speak incredible prophetic words into this backwater little church, you know, in the northeast. Uh, things which other churches would give their right arm for. Um, and there's an element of where just because a word has been spoken, it won't necessarily come to pass unless you get hold of it and partner with it and embrace it. The challenge for all of us is actually coming alongside what God is saying to us as a group of people. And that challenge will show itself in many ways. Um, it'll show it how we outwork that individually. It's not a matter of sitting back and thinking, by gum, that new leadership team have got their work cut out, haven't they? <laughs> you know, at least I know, know who, now I know who I can moan to, you know, the new ones, you know. We all need to step up to the plate. We all need to, s we all need to as part of being part of the body, uh, realize that we're not here just to fill a seat. It would have been a pew in the olden days. To, s to fill a seat, we are here to be part of what God's doing. That there should be function for all of us in one way uh, because God has put gift into each and every one of us. And it's for us to bring that gift and to bring that function, even if we think it's insignificant. It's not insignificant. It's part of the whole into what God wants us to do, you see. And it's only if we, as, as Alan says, journey together that we will be part of the fulfillment of what God wants for this body for this time and for the future, you see. So there is challenge. There is change. There's functional change for some people. And part of their job for it, for want of an expression, is to encourage and bring about and to steward that change which we will respond to and we will bring about as well in the way that we as people respond as, a, as part of the body. But, as I said, we haven't, been got off, we haven't been got rid of through the back door. We've happily and willingly walk, because it is change for us as well. I mean, I was saying last night, I've been part of core leadership in one way or another for 35 years. 35 years. So this will be a big change for me, but I am looking forward to whatever that change is going to, how it's going to manifest. You know, it's beginning to unfold in, in, in my life in certain ways, and I'm, I'm happy to embrace that. There will be challenge and change for each one of you as well. So, one of the challenges and changes for us is that we can no longer fit into this premises. We're here today, but most of you who don't come on a Saturday realize that we, we have another church almost that meets on a Saturday night because we couldn't get everybody in on a Sunday. Um, and the place was fairly packed out again last night. So, one of the challenges will be for us that we, well, I am already actively seeking other premises. 
So whether that means we have this premises and another premises, or whether we just have another premises, I'm not really sure at this time. It'll depend what's happening. But part of the change will be that we have to provide a structure for God to flow through. And whether we like it or not, we are outgrowing this building rapidly. And that's before Aaron even starts. We'll need a soundproof building for the youth. Let me tell you that for sure. I'm going to ask Mark to come up and share a little about trustees um, as I'm talking about a new building. If you've got a spare half a million, if you let Mark know, or even a million. Talk about selfish. <laughs> Just checking to see if anyone's still awake. Just because we're talking about trustees, most people switch off at this point. Um, but it'll be your loss if you have. So, I've been a trustee for around about a year, 18 months. Um, Peter's been, you'll see the names up there, Peter's been a trustee and chair for quite a long time. Um, Beth and Liz for, for a similar amount of time to me. And um, in the autumn, probably about three weeks, sometime in October, I guess, November time, uh, God placed in my heart the fact that um, actually being chair of the trustees might be something I should do. Um, unknown to me, th three weeks later, Peter suggested that to me. So that was good of God, actually. It was good. <laughs> no, I mean that. Um, and I, my first reaction was uh, how humbled I was and what a privilege it was. And that is definitely my position. Uh, also a little bit scared. <laughs> because um, you'll find out in a minute. So you also see up there we have a vacancy. Okay. Um, and I'm going to explain a little bit about what trustees do. And if this is something you're interested in and feel you're relevant to and you're committed to the church, then uh, go away and think about it, pray about it, and then come and see me. That would be great. So what do we do? We're here to lead. The church is, is a group of people, obviously, but we're also a charity as well. Um, we're an organization, and we're here to lead that organization in partnership with Alan, really. So that is our job. And there are a number of different areas that we have to think about as trustees. So the first is money. Um, unfortunately, that comes into it. Uh, what do I mean by that? You guys and other people give quite a lot of money to this organization, to this church, to God. And we've got to be good stewards of that resource. Uh, we've got to decide how much we pay our three employees now. Um, we've got to decide what we use that money for. Do we invest it now in the kingdom? Do we wait for a brand new building, etc.? Do we give it to the community? How do we use that? Okay, so that's quite important. Um, compliance. What do I mean by that? It's a really dull word, isn't it? Um, and actually, a lot of the time, it's seen as a restrictive word, uh, which is a real shame, because what it means is that we're a safe place to operate, okay? And I think as a, a, a body of Christians, as people who, who seek the kingdom, should be a safe place to operate for everyone who comes into the building. People are here all the time, people that only visit for our children, for vulnerable people, etc. So it actually is a really important area around safeguarding and health and safety, but I do appreciate that it can sometimes be a bit of a pain as well. Um, wouldn't it be a shame if we got known as a great church and a place where God was and then we got let down by maybe just uh, some things that went wrong because we didn't look after the people here properly? 
people. What do I mean by people? We have three employees now. Now, just over a year ago, we had no employees. So those of you that understand, when you become an employer, you have responsibility to your employees. Legally, you have a responsibility. You have to do paperwork. You have contracts. You have pensions. You have um, policies, etc., etc. So we have a responsibility to be a good employer. Because again, as a body of as a body of Christians, we want to set an example there as a good employer, in my mind. Um, but it's not just about being an employer. The volunteers and the wider leadership and the core leadership um, and the general congregation and membership of the church, we have a responsibility to make sure that, that those groups are treated appropriately. So people is quite a broad area, in my mind. And communication. So um, what do I mean by that? The way in which all the, those people receive information but also how we're seen from the outside world, so websites and things like that, how we receive externally, PR, I suppose, if you want to talk, talk proper language. So that's what we do, and our job is to make sure that we, are, we govern that really well. It's not necessarily doing all of those things, but we're responsible for making sure we do those areas well, and that's what good governance means. How will we do it? Well, we'll help the core leadership team actually achieve its purpose, and... Um, Imagine we're a sailing boat. Uh, might be quite hard to do, but um, picture us on a nice, calm Pacific Ocean, breeze blowing. Um, sounds good. So if we're a sailing boat, God is the wind and the waves. We can't actually control the external. Okay, that's God's responsibility. If we're the boat, um, then the core leadership team, the spiritual leadership team, set the destination. Alan's been talking a bit about that today. As trustees, we're here to help navigate and steer that boat with the core leadership team and the wider leadership team. It's not fully our responsibility, but that's part of what we do, okay? We're here to um, not constrain. Again, trustees might be seen <laughs> or, or imagined as a constraining force. In my mind, we're here to actually help our leadership be as fantastic leaders as they possibly can and the church, everyone in church to be that. So that's my view of what our, what our job is. And relationships are really important. So one of the problems of having multiple leadership areas is communication can break down if you don't have really good relationships. So we're going to work really hard. As a group of trustees, we'll meet every two months, individually every two months as well, um, with, with me and each trustee. Alan and I will meet regularly, but also we'll be involved with the other leadership groups and hopefully involved with getting to know the membership or the wider congregation as much as possible. Really important area for us. And the most important thing, <laughs> Alan's really pleased to be becoming an employee. <laughs> um, this last one is, is going to help Alan. He just doesn't know it yet. <laughs> so my job as chair is to um, hold Alan accountable, which is a bit daunting, actually, because I think that would be quite hard. Um, in a really good way, I... Alan is an amazing individual with um, a real anointing. And so in holding accountable, it's not holding back. It's just holding accountable for what he says God wants him to do. Okay? So it's holding accountable in a friendly, <coughs> helpful way, not a controlling way. Okay? So um, that's what we as trustees will be doing.
Okay, so it's my, uh, my job to uh, begin to talk about the wider leadership team, so that, that last area, that last uh, circle that you saw. We've, it's an exciting time to be part of the Bay, I believe, and uh, what we're doing now isn't just for now, it's for the future as well, so it's kind of, uh, you might be thinking, why do we need to do this? Well, it's not just for now, it's for 2018, 2019, for the new building, for the new people that were coming, that will come in, that will come to know Jesus in this place, because that's what it's about, isn't it? Um, we kind of gave those little audio snippets to try to put all of this into context, because it's very important that you don't just understand the what and the how, but the why as well, because it's the why that will allow you to buy in and understand and get on board with, uh, with what's happening as well. So the wider, the wider leadership team, up to now, the way we've kind of functioned as a, as a church is when somebody's taken responsibility for an area, we've kind of gone, okay, off you go. Fantastic. You're, you're, you're responsible for that. Go and do it. And we've ended up with a lot of teams that sort of aren't connected. They all function very well. They all do really well. But they're not connected. So what we want to do is we want to pull all of these teams into what we're terming the wider leadership. Don't worry about all of these names on here. We'll make sure that these slides are available as well. But it's worked up to now, but if we're to capture what God wants us to do, we've got to change the way that we want to work as well. So rather than each team functioning independently, we're creating a structure that pulls everyone who leads a team together so we can learn from each other, so we can support each other, so we can know what's happening in all those other areas of the church as well. So what will this team actually do? So these, these guys lead and these girls lead all of these different areas of the church. So I, as part of the core leadership team, will be, will be working with them to lead and develop that area of church. We're into developing leaders and not just followers. So we want that team to then develop leaders within their teams as well. So they're going to be responsible for the team vision as well. So what is... What's the vision for that particular area of church? Is it simply just to be the best welcome and host team in any church in Whitley Bay? Is it to brew the best coffee? What's the vision for the church? Is it to make sure that every visitor gets connected with, et cetera, et cetera? And on a very nuts and bolts basis, these are the guys that make church work. So like Alan mentioned before, it doesn't just happen it takes effort, it takes work, it takes volunteers, and these are the guys that, that organize it. And as well as all of that, the team will be responsible for developing themselves, personal development. That's really key and really important because I don't believe that as leaders, everyone will always be in these positions. God's got more for these people. He's got better things, bigger things. And for people who aren't on this list as well. But it's about developing ourselves in God and developing the skills and everything that we need to go on and do the things that God's called us to do. So how are we going to do this? Well, very briefly, we're going to meet monthly. It's about relationship as well. Quite often, we try to function and then build relationship. We're going to turn that on its head, and we're going to have relationship, and out of that relationship, we're going to function. We're going to get ourselves trained. As I said, we're going to be try to be the best that we possibly can be in what God has called us to do at this time. 
again, it's the very nuts and bolts. It's making sure that everything works. So it's the rotors. It's making sure that we have bass players, that we have people on the doors, et cetera, et cetera. And we'll be working with the core team as well. I just want to quote uh, a pastor called Craig Rochelle, big guy in America, and he said this, delegate tasks and you develop followers. Delegate authority and you develop leaders. And that's really what we're doing. We're developing leaders, so we are delegating authority. This isn't just me and Alan handing off stuff that we can't be bothered to do. <laughs> this is really giving authority to these guys to, to run in their area and to make it work and to really lead that area. So it's not just about getting rid of tasks. It's about delegating authority. But having said it's delegation, it is delegation, but it's not abdication. So we aren't going any further. We're not, we're not saying to anybody, that's your responsibility. The book stops with you. As the core team, as me, as, as church pastor, we will hold ultimate responsibility for how everything flows and functions as well. And we will fully support the wider leadership team and empower them to develop their teams. The one thing I want to say, and Alan's already said it, is these aren't the only leaders in the church. Firstly, like Alan said, not all leaders are called to serve in the church in this particular way. I'm going to make a statement now that might kind of surprise some, some of you, but there are leaders in this church who will never, ever be on that list simply because they're not called to be on that list. And if we were to put them on that list, they're leaders in the marketplace, and, we would, and if we were to ask them to, to join that team, we would actually be robbing them of their destiny and not releasing them into it. So we've got to be very careful that we put the right people in the right place. So having the, the right team in church and having the right team and right leaders in the marketplace is key because we are a kingdom-focused church, and that's key to us. Secondly, what we're doing should create an environment where future leaders are encouraged, they're developed, and they're released. So you might think, well, my name's not on there. Well, each of these guys, we'll be expecting them to develop their own team within their team, leadership, and raise leadership up as well. So if you've got a heart and you know that you're called to leadership, we should be creating a structure that releases you and develops you as you go on and as we go on in all of this as well. So I'm hoping that that's kind of just giving a little flavor. We're going to make sure that all of these slides are available to everybody, so don't worry about catching everything. But really, kingdom leadership is on the heart of this church, and we really want to make sure that we do it to the, the best of our ability. So... When this journey began for me a few years back, um, and in particularly about nine months ago when it intensified, um, when God was speaking to me, um, I asked the question, why God? Do you have asked the question? I've asked the question many a time, I tell you. When he used to wake me up at five o'clock in the morning, I used to ask him why God all the time then as well. Um, but anyway, as, it, as, this, as this grew within me, you see, in many respects, looking from the outside in, we were deemed to be quite a successful church. We're very, very active in community. We host the presence. The church is full. The building's paid for. There are many positives, isn't there? And it would be very easy for me as senior leader to sit down and put my feet under the, 
under the table and enjoy. Well, at least that's what I was telling God. Tell you what he said to me, and he spoke to me very, not audibly, but very clearly. He said, Alan, the changes are for the harvest. And that completely threw me. Because although I love to see people coming into the kingdom, it's not been a focus of mine. And he said to me, if we get a church like the Bay, who is kingdom focused, and then, ha- is, you know, it's really important how you're birthed. And I don't mean this in a negative way, but I know lots of Christians who've been birthed into a religious setting. So if we can have a harvest of birthing kingdom-minded and kingdom-active Christians, can you imagine what that will do? When you suddenly, someone finds Jesus and they come to a knowledge of who he is and that their sins have already been forgiven, and then the very next day they're on the street praying for the sick. You see, it's the harvest, you see. The problem, the problem we've got, the problem I've got is that we sometimes have too much baggage because the way we were birthed is really important. And God's saying to me, the changes are because of the people I want to bring that are going to be birthed into the kingdom. And they're going to advance the kingdom for my return. So the reason why, it's not because I like change. (laughs) The reason why is because I'm believing for the harvest. And whatever that looks like, we flow with the Holy Spirit and what He's doing. So we come to the end of our presentation, almost to the end of our presentation. It is a really exciting time to be part of the beer because we can journey this together. And I want to encourage you. And if you're visiting today, I kind of apologize, but don't really, because it's just the nuts and bolts of who we are and what we're doing. And it's great to have you visit us today. I used to go to the Hoppins, the Moor, the town Moor. And uh, God said this to me the other day. And and he brought back a memory um, and I used to, when I was a lot younger, and I used to get on the rides, they used to often say, hold on tight and enjoy the ride. Remember that? They mainly did it with the girls, I have to be honest with you, but occasionally I would hear that saying. And it feels a little bit like that for us. We're on the cusp of something that God has brought revival here, but there is still revival to come. So we're on the cusp of something when it feels a little bit like God is saying to us, hold on tight and enjoy the ride. And we're going to follow what the Holy Spirit is saying and doing. And that doesn't always look tidy. But I believe with the structure that we've got, it will massively help us as we move forward. Um. A couple of the dads are here today. Marcus couldn't be here today. He sends his apologies, but a couple of the dads are here today, and they're going to um, pray for us now as a core leadership team. Um, I suppose a dad's blessing, and uh, I'm going to hand over there. I'm going to ask the core leadership team to come forward. Uh, we thought it was uh, important that the previous leadership, core leadership, should 
give its blessing to the new. Um, and the picture that, you'll have to get a bit closer, I'm afraid, kids. Um, the picture that God put in my mind involves this sheet. Hold that, Rich. No. <laughs> it, it was the biggest one we had. That's it. Now, come on, if you can't organize yourselves in a sheet. Also, picture time, if you want to take a picture. Um, so we're not just going to pray, right? I mean, we're going we're to release a blessing over them, you see, which is significantly different, you see. I mean, the words that we're going to release have been crafted in the mists of time. Well, actually, we wrote them earlier this week. But all of the people in the leadership team, the old leadership team, um, are, give, are, are happy with what we're going to say. Um, so I'm going to hand over to Rich, who is going to pronounce the blessing, and I'm just going to go around the back and lay hands on. But if you want to also people, lay your hands towards people, say... Mm. Yeah, I'd encourage you to, to reach out your arms, your hands towards them. Um, in my mind, that reflects that concrete structure down the mountainside that channels and facilitates the flow. Um, you know, a physical response, channeling, facilitating a flow of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So we speak blessing into your hearts and spirits. That Father God from his unlimited resources, will empower you all through his spirit to love and serve the church. That together as one, your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. That you will know and experience his power and presence and accomplish through him infinitely more than you might ask or think. Seek fresh revelation each day and enjoy the journey with Jesus, sharing the joy and grace of Father God with everyone. And all the people said, Amen. Just before we pray, why don't we just show these guys how much they mean to us by what they've actually done. So good.
so good. Guys, as a church, we just want to say thank you. You have served so well, and you have patiently endured, and you have faithfully uh, looked to God and uh, followed him every step of the way. And uh, it it is an incredible privilege to walk into this church and feel that history, that commitment that you guys have had for one another. And um, we're just so thankful. And we just join with heaven right now and in honoring you, in honoring um, how well you've served. And we just, uh, God, I thank you for them. I thank you for what you put inside of them. I thank you for how these guys um, have just set uh, such a, um, a model for us to follow and um, because of you inside of them. And so, Father, right now we ask that you would bless them. God, where they've poured out over these last 11 years, would you pour into them, shaken up, mixed together, and overflowing from them, God, where they just feel the blessing from heaven right now. God, we thank you for their wives and their children that have also uh, been so sacrificial in their love for this church and in their support for their husbands. And we thank you for them, God, and we ask that they would know the Father's hand upon them Um, in this new season and as they together um, as families step into this new uh, role that you have for them God that they would feel free to explore things that they've that they've uh, sacrificially held back from God that they would feel an anointing right now come upon them to release them into a fullness of your calling that you have for them Father we pray that they would dream dreams that they would hear from you like never before that they would uh, know uh, as, as in their marriages, God, a closeness with you and with each other that um, they've longed for. <laughs> so we pray, Father, um, that you would bless these guys and Marcus and his family. Father, that um, where there's healing that's needed, that it would come quickly now in Jesus' name. And that these guys would really begin to fly like they've never known before. God, we thank you for them and, uh, and we honor them in this place today for what an incredible job they've done. For your glory, Jesus. Amen. Wow. Wow. Come on, have your seats.